0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JDA Football Podcast. It's been a long, long time, and we've had Christmas Day, New Year's Day. We're in 2021 now. Um, and yeah, as always, guys, how are you? New Year, new JDA. Same JDA, really.
1: Go. Uh, pretty good.
0: Spiffing. Finally, yeah, right. finally, year. Joe came in court. <laughs> so, did you all? How enjoy... are you, Daniel? Very good, very good. Did you very all good. enjoy the Christmas break?
1: Uh, yes,
2: it's been uh, very relaxing since we've uh, come back. So it's been pretty. Yeah, I I have enjoyed the break from school.
0: Yep. Um, ready to go back, I presume. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Right. So there's been a lot, a lot, and a lot of football over these past couple of weeks. And to start us off, we'll start off with Liverpool seven, Crystal Palace nil. Alex, talk us through the game because I watched a bit of it as well and I, I was gobsmacked at this one.
1: Well, it was a, a, bit, a bit of a mad game. They didn't have Salah to start with Liverpool. They had Minamino coming in for him but it didn't look to make a, a lot of a difference. I think Minamino scored inside two minutes which was a bit mad and from then on they just didn't stop scoring. Um, I think it was 4-0 at half time which is very, very mad but Crystal Palace had their chances. It wasn't like they, they shouldn't have scored but yeah, Liverpool just dominated um, second half. Crystal Palace didn't have a, um, a kick. So, yeah, Salah came on, scored two goals, got an assist. And it just ended the match very well. And Liverpool scored seven, Palace scored none. And that's how it ended.
0: Yeah, um, and I think it was the game week before. No, it was the same game week where, same day even, where Everton won 2-1 against Arsenal. And this is, at, well, Arsenal recently, you might have seen our live stream, came back and... Well, they didn't really come back and won one nil against Brighton, but it didn't look good this time around. And then that that um, win for Everton and Arsenal's loss didn't look so good for them, did it?
1: No, definitely not. Um, I mean, they they went and beat Chelsea and Brighton in there. I think it was the next two games which will definitely do their confidence very good. But yeah, they 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 should be winning games like Everton away um, at this point as a, or what the club like as a club they are and how much money they've spent. So, it, it'll be pretty disappointing that they are losing. But, again, it's a very good win for Everton and hopefully Arsenal can get back on track sometime soon.
0: Yep. Um Now, Tottenham lost against Leicester 2-0, Jamie Vardy being one of the goal scorers. Then Manchester United beat Leeds 6-2. I don't think anybody, anyone saw that coming to that result. I didn't
2: did you? see this at <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> no, I mean... Current form, we, we were pretty good in the prem, but then Champions League and everything like that. And the new leads would come at us, but I didn't realise they would come at us that much. Um, and this really surprised me by this result. McTominay looked like prime Ronaldo running, let me just say, for those first two goals. I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, but yeah, we got that 6-2, and then Villa Joe, Bertrand Traore, We were speaking oh, about this yeah. on the stream. What a goal that was Masterclass
2: here. This was, that was mad. a good game. What did you it think? It was a of crazy it? game. Um, yeah, I was very impressed with this game. Um, I, d- I don't think we had memes for this one, did we? And I was just... Ex- Wait, no, we did, yeah. Did I, I was just that, extremely yeah. impressed with literally everyone's performance. I don't think there was a bad player on that pitch for us. Uh, we had a few banging goals um, from Watkins, Traore and... I know oh, Watkins missed every every shot he had, which was kind of disappointing. But he did set up a few goals. It was a good game all around, though, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, um, Villa looked like how they used to look like in the nineties, eighties. Now I'm getting that feel. I don't know why. Maybe because you're yeah, looking confident. The, top of the table.
2: It's been a long time since we've looked this confident on a pitch. Yeah, it's kind of mad.
0: Um, and then the next game was on the 21st of December, Chelsea won 3-0 against West Ham with Tammy Abraham scoring twice. Then another United game with Leicester, well, Leicester and United drawing 2 all. Now, I, th- I felt this game didn't really get started properly. I-, I felt like it was a bit stop and start a bit. Um, but Leicester, credit to Leicester for coming back. We should have took our chances. We had that many. It was ridiculous how we didn't bury most of them. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, Leicester got the draw. Then Arsenal won 3-1 against Chelsea. Didn't see this one coming, did you, Alex? Uh,
1: um, considering their, their recent form, I don't think anyone saw it coming, but um, yeah, some very good goals. I mean, like Lacazette scored a penalty. That free kick from Xhaka was outstanding and then Saka uh, finished it off with a goal that people are debating whether it's a cross or a shot, but uh, I think it was a cross and it went in. And then... Uh, Chelsea did get one back through Tammy Abraham, but Arsenal had already uh, claimed the three points. So
2: good win for them. I watched the highlights for this. Uh, Lacazette's goal was beautiful, wasn't it? It's was absolutely uh, beamer.
0: I saw the free kick from Xhaka. Yeah,
2: that was that was fun. pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, now let Liverpool drew one all, and I believe it was the first time this season that they've dropped points at home. Uh, I, I actually saw the semi agile goal and I, I was a bit, I don't know, because I thought Alisson could have saved it <laughs> because it went through his legs, I'm pretty sure, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was—I watched the full game and um, I don't think the uh, the score really told uh, the full story of it. I mean, the semi-Ajari goal, it was a good header and then it just hit the far post and then it looked like it was going to bounce up. I think there's a dip just before the goal line. And it just touched that and then it went in through Alison's legs and he couldn't really um, get his feet together to keep it out but um, yeah I mean second half West Brom looked like a completely different team and um, I think they probably deserved the point but first half Liverpool should have scored about seven so uh, yeah I think a, a point will be good for them but obviously they didn't do too well in the next matches either so
0: yeah West Brom sat back so much that match. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, was,
1: it was kind of hard to watch at some points. like Liverpool were just trying to pass around them, but they could, they did it once and they scored from it. So, yeah. The
0: past couple of games, I think Liverpool have been too, I don't know, too rash. I think they've just been putting yeah. balls into the box and expecting Firmino to just head them in. And it's not happening really. And then it's costing them really. They should, they should just try and keep it on the floor a bit more. That's where the best are. Yeah.
1: Um, like that, that's how they, like last season, they got all their goals from like just passing it around and then putting a, a good ball into the area and one of their, their main attacking players to put it in. But yeah, they, this season, they're just like, they're just trying to do it too quickly when they've got like the whole match to, to score as many goals as they want, which we saw them do against Crystal Palace, but it was a completely different team against West Brom.
0: Yeah, Uh, and then the next game was Wolves 1, Tottenham 1. Now, there were some critics after the game. Undembelli scored the first goal, and I think it was 21 minutes in or something like that. And then for the rest of the game, Spurs just sat back, and they were just inviting pressure on them because we know how good Wolves are. And then in the end, it was a Roman size header that got Wolves the draw in the end. Do you think Mourinho... Because Mourinho's tactics were working well, but do you reckon he's sitting back too much now or what what do you wrong?
1: Um I think everyone's starting to suss out like what he's doing. Not that it wasn't obvious already, but he, he's found something that works and he's just trying to ride it and then like sometimes it's just gonna run out. And I think this is the point where it's starting to run out and like uh teams are playing past it there. Finding ways to, to get past the, like the full eleven players behind the ball at all times, and although it's not very nice to watch, sometimes it works. But I don't. I think Mourinho has to change it up sometime soon because it's not worked in the past few games, and surely at this point you need to change the tactics or change the players. So
2: just before I think we... that style of football is becoming over like um a bit overused. Yeah, and it's outdated now. People are figuring it out, and it's not going to work. Well, towards the later half of this season. There's but just too many good teams that have figured it out.
1: They've got they've got the
2: players to play like
1: your Liverpools, like your Man Citys, but just the manager wants them to play in a style that doesn't suit most of the players. Like Harry Kane, he can't run the whole length of the pitch and beat about five players. He's the player you want in the box. But if you've got 11 players behind the ball and you have a counter-attack, that, you don't cross at the end of a counter-attack. You have to shoot so. Yeah, it's becoming very hard for some of the players to actually do anything in that tournament team.
0: Well, I want to get your thoughts on this because this is what Mourinho had to say after the Wolves game. So he said, we had 89 minutes to score more goals. It is a concern, the fact that we always score early goals and then we don't kill matches off. Is that a concern for Spurs going early, scoring early and not burying the game and going after another goal and just sitting back?
1: Yeah, I mean... It, 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 that's pretty much uh all all there is to it like they I'm pretty sure they scored inside the first minute and then they didn't score another one uh which was probably down to their style of play like if they'd played in a different way they might have got a couple of other goals and probably killed the match off but because they sat behind the ball for the full 89 minutes after their goal it was like almost inevitable that they they weren't going to score and Wolves probably were so yeah, they, they definitely need to work on certain aspects of their attacking, um, like attacking in their style of play. But defensively also, they need to build on it as well because if you're going to sit behind the ball, you need a clean sheet because that's the only thing you sit behind the ball for and they're just not getting
2: it. So it's a master change. Well, it's a bit of a concern that they didn't really bother to press after they got the first goal with a team like Liverpool or City if they score you can almost guarantee they'll go on to score three or four maybe even more than that we saw Liverpool score seven why isn't Spurs doing that because they definitely have the players they have a better team than most teams in the Premiership and they should be putting that game absolutely to bed but they've sat back and they've let them come at them and they haven't really proposed a major challenge after that first goal
0: I could be completely wrong here. Um so what so Spurs get the early goal. They know that wolves always sit back, so they try and test them and let them break them down. And then to be fair, it did work in the end, but it's just boring to well, it nearly did work in the end, but he has got the header, of course. But the thing is, why would I like Spurs fans, they say they'll take the three points and all that, but surely you you want your team to play good and not bad. And I know it's about the points and everything, but you have to sort of balance it surely
2: yeah if you don't enjoy watching the football like how can you how can you get behind the manager like uh
1: with us and big sam like we he took us from like 15th to 8th and with any other manager playing a, a nice style of football doing that we'd think like oh he's a great manager and everything but he was just sat behind the ball at all points we got some lucky goals and then We just got some some points and three points along the way, and that ultimately took us up the lead. But, yeah, we we just didn't like it. I wouldn't like going to Goodison every week and watch us just defend for 90 minutes and maybe get one or two goals. And I think there's a point where the three points doesn't matter as much, and then maybe you take a point, but all of your play in that match has been like fluid football, and then it's just been nice to watch. And... I think it is fifty-fifty. Like I think a team like Tottenham, who haven't won a trophy uh, since I don't know when, like two thousand and eight or something. I think at this point they're pretty much like, oh, we, we'll just take any sort of trophy, just get us the wins and it doesn't matter. But yeah, for for other teams like uh, like Man United and Liverpool, I'm pretty sure they want they they would not back manage you, just defend it all the time. So I yeah. think it's relative as well.
0: I mean, we saw it two, three years ago with um, Mourinho when he was at United. Every, he was playing really defensive and even the fans were saying, attack, 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 attack. And the fans had to make him attack. <laughs> like, it shouldn't just be down to the fans. Like, Mourinho know, should know that in his head, oh, well, we're losing here. So let's not sit back fully Encounter. Let's try and get another, we'll get a goal to equalise. But there's just not that switch that Mourinho has and he needs it. Um, no, Go on, Joe, are you going to say something?
2: Yeah, I think Mourinho's mentality is just getting the points uh, by any means possible, which is fair enough with Tottenham because, of course, they are trying to push for a trophy and with their players, they should have one. But would you really be proud of a trophy you've won by playing like that?
0: Yeah, that is Mm. very, very true. Now, Well, another thing is Mourinho used to, like when he first came to the Prem 2004, I think it was, with Chelsea, something like that, he played like a very like new way of football, playing like a 4-3-3, and he sort of introduced it. But now he's just gone completely the other end of the spectrum and just, just gone and changed every formation and tactic possible to the opposite. So I don't know what's decided to switch plays or to switch tactics. I don't, I don't know.
1: Um, well, I mean, I don't think it can be a lack of trophies because he's, he's pretty much won something wherever he's gone. But um, yeah, I think he's just trying to Combat like every other Premier League side and trying to play like to their weaknesses, but I don't think it's working anymore. So he probably needs to rethink that again.
0: Yeah, uh, going on to the next game, and it was Chelsea one, Aston Villa one. McGinn hit the crossbar. That's all I could remember. There's that many games going on. Um, Joe, did you manage to see the, this game or watch the highlights?
2: Um, I think I watched the El Ghazi goal. Oh yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I was really happy with this game to be honest. Um, I wasn't expecting us to come out with a draw, especially when we were down Mings, because he, he'd been stupid and got himself a red card for literally no reason. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I was. If we'd have had Mings, I think we could have actually won this game because we did play very well against a very good, very strong Chelsea side.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, the games this weekend, or the past week that's just gone even, uh, Brighton nil, Arsenal 1. Now, we did live stream this one. And we were talking about Arsenal before and how they won 3-1 against Chelsea. Is this another stepping zone? I know Brighton aren't that good towards the bottom end of the table, but surely they can get some momentum from the past two results that they've had.
2: It's points on the board, isn't it? they need to get points on the board and with that they're going to build up confidence and they're going to build up form and um, I think once they win a few more they'll come in they'll sort of come into themselves in this season Uh, I think the points pass when they can be hoping for top four but top six should be a target for them definitely
0: yeah what about you Alex
2: um, well, I mean, for any
1: other Arsenal team along the, the decades, I think a 1-0 one against Brighton isn't, isn't that great. But for this Arsenal team, like they're struggling near the bottom of the table now. And I think three points is the most important thing here. And they have got two in a row now. So hopefully they can build on this and hopefully e- express it more in their season and go on to, to bigger things. But um, yeah, they just need to, to build on this, definitely.
0: Yeah, and also, what was it, Lacazette had two touches and he already had a goal, which I thought was <laughs> ridiculous.
2: The minute he came onto the pitch, he scored a banger, didn't
0: he? Yep, it was a good slotted goal. Um, now, this is the game that we probably should have watched or live-streamed in the end. West Brom 0, Leeds 5. Now, I didn't watch the result, but I saw Leeds United celebrating. Did anybody anybody manage to?
2: No, Didn't manage to watch because we were... Highlights, um, yeah. We were streaming at the same time. I haven't seen the highlights, though. So. No. Nobody watches lead, you? I saw <laughs> Ali he has got what a guy.
0: Oh, yeah, Ali. I, uh, that was their own goal by Sawyers, wasn't it, as well?
2: Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Alex, didn't you put the goals on the chat? Yeah, I put,
1: like, two of them, yeah. Yeah. There were a few really good
2: goals, and then some ridiculous ones.
0: Yeah, and then... That's well, we, we're not looking at this game, but I think it was in the... I want to say West Ham Southampton match where Craig Dawson booted che Adams <laughs> in the face.
2: Oh yeah. That was but poor. That, that was, was really poor from him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um now go into the next game and it was Manchester United one Wolves nil. Now it's the same with Spurs like I, I couldn't sit back and Jason Even said to me after the game being a bit hypocritical here, saying like you always sit back Uh, that Wolves always sit back and you don't. And don't get me wrong, we we do sit back sometimes. But if you look how many times United fans over the past year or two have said, we're lacking breaking teams down, that just shows that we're not always sitting back like Wolves do and Spurs do. So he didn't reply to that comment uh, that I sent to Jason afterwards. So he he obviously thought it was right. Um, But Wolves, the thing is with Wolves is the relying on netto. Pedence and the Dharma Traore to get all the goals really and Martinho to and Ruben Neves to feed them and it, it works sometimes don't get me wrong but against us we had to break them down really 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 hard and we ended up getting a goal somehow um, and we really needed that three points to catch up with Liverpool but I, I just, it, it, going back to the whole sitting back, Wolves do it well don't get me wrong but it is boring to watch as well, like I was so with my dad and was like I could not watch this week in week out like, yeah, I mean, could you yeah. could you too? I I couldn't.
1: <laughs> well, I I watched the game and I watched like the the first seventy five minutes, but somehow I missed the goal. Um, but for the first half, I was watching Wolves and it was it was pretty much all them just playing the ball around like just inside your half, and it was going to Neto back to Moutinho and then over to Adama, and they were just trying to break you down, but it just wasn't happening. And I was like, I, I there was no way I could watch that style of football like. 38 times a season, because it's, it's just not enjoyable. Like, they, they definitely lacked someone in the box. I'm pretty sure they take, uh is it Vitinha or something? Yeah, he was Who in the field. It's a striker, or uh, and then Neto and Adama no. alongside him. But there, there was just no one in the box for them. Like, I think they're relying on players either dribbling past about five players and on it into the bottom corner, or Mitinho or Neves banging off from outside the box, which they never really looked like they were able to do. And I mean, it was very easy for United to just like, it wasn't sitting back, but it was, it was just calming down the play. And then you had a, a few breaks and then you could just play your style of football and calm the game down to how you wanted to play it. And obviously you ended up getting the goal. So, um, yeah, it's just, Wolves definitely, I think they need to bring in a striker desperately. So they actually have, some way to get the ball into the box and actually get more goals because they've been they've been lacking it this season since um, um what's his name got injured so I mean, yeah
0: um I think that first half was diabolical I'm I'm just gonna put it out there that first half was one of the most boringest first halves I've ever watched in football. The, there was just no intensity. Nobody looked like they wanted to win a game. They, they look, just looked like they wanted to, I don't know, play with the mates, not really bothered. Play out for a draw. Yeah, they just couldn't be bothered. And then we obviously came with some attacking aggression and then they just sat back. But yeah, that, that was the whole summary of the game, really. And then the last game of 2020, Newcastle nil, Liverpool nil, not the greatest result. Uh, but Carl Darlow did make some numerous amounts of brilliant saves that kept, kept Newcastle in the game, didn't he, Alex?
1: Yeah, it was uh, very good from the, the Englishman, but I thought the, the first half, I think Newcastle were probably the, the better team, they had the, the more chances in the first half, and Liverpool were just playing like they did against West Brom, very conservative, and and didn't really want to, to put anything Cardalo's way, but the second half, I think they picked up the intensity a bit, they they tried to score on like the first half, and Newcastle were just able to, to sit back and hang on for the point, point. it's a, a very good point for Newcastle, and I can't remember the last time Liverpool didn't score, so.
0: Yeah, that well, that, what's that two two games on the bounce now that they've drew and one was home and away?
1: No, count is a uh, four drop points as well, so.
0: Yeah. Um, now staying on Merseyside ground, Alex, and it's been one year since, or one year on the 21st of December, so we'll, we'll cover it now, uh, since Carlo Ancelotti has taken over at Everton. And looking back at the whole year, how do you think he's done with Everton?
1: Well, he came in and we were about 14th, I think. And at the moment, we're fourth in the table. So, I mean, that pretty much tells uh, most of the story. But I think it's the first time in a while we, we've actually seen some progression uh, from, from a new manager coming in. I mean, we've had about five in, in about four years. So, you can see how the new managers are like, ha- actually have done for us. But I think it's the first time that a manager's come in and set like the borders of what he wants to do. And we're actually seeing the club like progressively get better on and off the pitch. So it's been a, a very good uh, piece of recruitment from from the board, and yeah, hopefully we can just do better with him. But he has said Everton is probably going to be his last managerial job, so just have to see how that goes.
2: He has given Everton a sort of fighting spirit that you haven't had in a while. It has. It hasn't been right. Well, it's been quite a while since we've seen Everton. And competing on this scale with almost every club um each game you play you can tell that you're gonna go out and you're gonna do your best and last season before he came in um you were predict every time we'd ask you what you were predicting Alex you'd be like oh yeah we're probably gonna lose yeah. and then look look where he brought you yeah, I
1: mean the the only game we've really looked like we deserved to lose in was the United game, which is um, pretty. It, it was a poor game, but every other game that we played and we've lost like the Leeds game, Newcastle, Southampton. These are these are games that we should and could have easily won, and just think where we could have been if if we did win them. But um, yeah, we just need to work on being um, more consistent. So.
0: For me, I think it's like the free flowing football. Like you've you've not been the football that you have been playing over the last couple of years with Allardyce sitting back, counter-attacking, Moyes sort of the same, really. But you've had no real team that's really dominated for a while, like in a game, like possession wise. And I think under Ancelotti, you're doing that really well, and you can see it on the pitch.
1: And you, you can tell he's able to to bring players to the football club that. With any other manager, they wouldn't come like Hammers. He wouldn't be prized away from a Champions League club just to come to Everton if Marco Silva was the manager, which um, is understandable. But Ancelotti, you never know. Yeah. Um,
0: Now, the 2021 Carabao Cup final has been pushed back to April. It was meant to be during March, I'm pretty sure. Um, Now, what were our thoughts on this one? Because... Obviously, they're doing it so they can get fans into ground so obviously they can they can make a bit more dollar um but what, what are your thoughts I'll come to you on this first Joe do you think it's the right move
2: I think it is the right move for pretty much everyone involved like uh, uh, I'm not sure if they'll spread out the games or they'll I don't know what they'll do to sort of carry it on because I doubt they'll have like a massive bait yeah massive break. Between the semis and the final, but I think it is good that they want fans in the stadium for the fans and the teams. I don't think that yeah. there's anyone that can really complain, really.
0: Well, I think the ties, so the ties for the Carabao Cup semi-finals are United versus City, Manchester Derby semi-final, Spurs versus Brentford, and London sort of um, derby. Um, I'll get your score prediction predictions in a minute, but they're meant to be played on the fifth and sixth of January. So. Uh, w- or will it be two legs, or do they not do two legs in there?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's I two legs. I, yeah. I'm not sure if it will be this season because everything's uh, upside down, but I'm, it's normally so.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, even if it is two legs, it'll just be done in one month, like January, the, the January month. So then you've got until February until April to so wait. Wait for a final. Is that too long to wait? Would you say?
1: Um. It might be. Um but I'm I'm pretty sure like either Brentford or Tottenham, like if they do win this tie, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure like they won't mind waiting five months to see their team at Wembley fighting for a trophy. So um it'll be it'll be good for them. But uh, in terms of Manchester City or Man United, I'm pretty sure five months um like you know you're in the final and just five months is probably a bit too long, but again you've you've got time to, to prepare and yeah. It'll, it'll well, yeah, for,
2: for Manchester and for United and City, though, it's kind of like, oh, it's just another Carabao Cup, though, isn't it?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but I think United definitely need a trophy. This season, we need to get a trophy, otherwise, Ollie, I'm not too sure if the board will trust him. And then City, they need a trophy because they've, they're have they lacking at the moment by their standards, then you Spurs said
2: that so many times, like it's just the Carabao Cup, it's just the Carabao Cup.
0: I know, but at the moment, I'll take anything. <laughs> this, is, this is what it's like to be United fan at the moment. We'll take anything, any piece of silverware. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you say same, Alex?
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm we fine. haven't won one in my lifetime. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is expected now.
0: So. <laughs> I mean, Villa got to a final, didn't they, Joe, in the FA Cup, Arsenal? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got. Smashed. Yeah. Was it it 4-0? Or was it 3 I thought it was 4-0. I think it
2: was 4-0.
0: I remember Sanchez scored that banger of a goal. can couldn't believe it. but It
2: wasn't a great final for us.
0: No. (laughs) Maybe in the future, you never know. Um, Now, Luke Shaw said this week uh, about Manchester United possibly being title contenders. And this is what I had to say. The way the league is going, it would be silly to doubt us. I think at the moment in time, it's anyone's. Would say it's a valid statement by Shaw?
1: It's, it's
2: definitely... I don't think you'll win this season. No. no. Maybe next, but I don't think you'll win this season.
1: It's definitely valid not to to take Man United out of the equation, but then you need to, like, based on that logic, you need to put us into the equation, Leicester into the equation and all that. So um, pretty much the only team with any consistency who's currently in the title race is Liverpool. And maybe you could say City, but they haven't been at their best anyway this season. So um, I'm pretty sure it's still Liverpool's title to lose. But yeah, you definitely... Uh, the way Liverpool have been at the moment, there's there's no way you can... Pretty much you can't say anyone at the moment inside the top 10 is not able to win the league. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, you're definitely competing. Don't, don't get me wrong. There is definitely a possibility that you get there. I just see... Liverpool getting another season. I, I think they'll win, and um, probably followed by City. Like yeah. City will be close behind them again.
1: Even if even if Villa win their next game, I'm pretty sure they're only two points behind Liverpool. So
2: it, our next two win. games will be one point behind Liverpool if we win yeah, it, our two games in hand. I don't I don't
1: don't. And uh, Aston Villa nearly got relegated last season. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, what was? I saw something on the True, uh, True Geordie's kick-off. They were just discussing and debating about City and what's going on. And they, they said, and I, I agree with this, um, that with the City team, they could go on a winning run of 14 games because they're that good. But it's just whether, because this season's been totally on and off, for them, whether they can do that or not. And they also went on to say, Pep's, if you think about it, Barcelona... Pep's gone into the team. He's had great players around him. All he had to do really was make a formation tactic change. And he went to Bayern. All the players were there. Went to City. Virtually all the greats were there. David Silva, Vincent Kompany, Sergio Aguero. And people are saying now he's having to build his own team and it's not going full plan for him. It's like his plan's not coming off. Yeah, would I mean... I
1: just yeah. agree, Yeah. Well, all the other clubs he's been at, like, there's already been a team there that he just needs to to play with, and that makes him look like look like a brilliant manager, and now all of the players that were already there at City when he took over have gone. He, he's just, like, looking at the best talents in the world, like, the young talents, bringing them in and hoping they all play together as a team, and I don't think it's really working. Like, they have the players to, to, to win the title, definitely, but whether they do it or not is a, a different question at the moment than they're not. So, um, yeah, he's definitely going to need to look in a different direction with City and uh, maybe go for more experience than, than young talent and then build a team around that.
2: But, yeah. He has watched his talents come and go, though. Like, company, he shouldn't have let him go. Yeah.
1: No, they could, they could do with some <laughs> defensive reinforcement right now.
0: But well, the thing is, like, going back to, like, building his own team and everything... He's, we've not ever, ever seen him like that, really. And for him to do it now, I just think we don't know what his recruitment's like because we know he always goes for the right players and players who are very sort of really known. But now he's going for the unknown players like Ferran Torres. I know he wasn't like, I know he's quite known, but not like really, really known. Like a Bernardo Silva, say, for instance, at Monaco or Sané. Um and now I think I just feel like, like you said, Alex, he's going for the high-profile youngsters and just bidding or hoping that they just fit into his team. I think he's just hoping at the moment that everything comes to a head. But he doesn't seem
2: to have much of a plan, does he?
0: No. And I think he maybe that's like a communication lack of recruitment with the director of football at City. I don't know, but he he sort of needs to have a pl- like you said, Joe. He, he has to have a plan for the future of City because he is committed long-term there uh, for another two seasons, three seasons. So yeah, he better get his acting in order, I suppose. <laughs> um, now, Jose Mourinho had to say this about Dele Alli's performance. Uh, a player that plays in that position is a player that has to link and create and not to create problems for his own team. Now, Deli Ali has been linked with PSG, Everton, all of those different types of moves. If you were Ali Ali, would you stay or go if you're at Tottenham at the moment?
1: He, he's good enough to go, but seeing like all the, all the trouble he's created at Tottenham at the moment, he, I don't think many teams would have him. And I'm pretty sure it'd be best leaving the country, like going to a, another European team and then rebuilding from that, because there's no way he's going to fit into a Tottenham if Mourinho is still there and all this keeps happening. So, uh, yeah.
0: What about you, Joe? Would you stay or go if you're Dali Alley? Because Mourinho clearly doesn't like him and hasn't from day one.
2: I would leave probably the country. I, I'd love to have him in Villa, but um, I, I think the best move for him at the moment was to leave the uh, country and then maybe come back in a few years' time when he's just sort of reset.
0: Would you say he's England quality, like England worthy? At the moment, because we're not seeing any of them of him, but I know that Southgate will still pick him because he's one of his favourites.
1: He could be, like we haven't seen him at we all. Haven't seen team.
2: enough of him.
1: Hmm. And then if he if he moves to another club and just like shows he's still a, a quality player, which he did show at Spurs until Mourinho came in. Um, and then maybe he could. He'll, he'll probably still get into the England setup as you said. But yeah, we just don't know how good he is until he starts playing regular football.
0: Yeah. Uh, now going on to one of the clubs that Delhi were just linked with PSG, and they have sacked manager Thomas Tuchel. Now, I don't think anybody saw this coming. It was, but I believe it was after the result two 0 or something for four 0 or something. They won, they won yeah, at like they... Strasbourg or something. Yeah, they won two 0 or something, um, and then he gets sacked after. Why do we think that is? Because he's gone through to the Champions League round of sixteen. I'm pretty sure he's at the top of the league right now. <laughs> how could PSG explain themselves
1: i don't know i just I, i'm pretty sure they they've lost about 3 games this season and they normally lose about 3 games in the whole season rather than 15 games so that might be uh, something to do with it but i mean last season he got to the champions league final he didn't quite win it um but i i can't really explain why he's been sacked um, it must have been somewhat to do with the board or he had an argument or something because I don't, I, I don't really see it.
2: I think it can only be arguments within the club. It can't... Because he hasn't done awful, has he? No.
0: no. If anything, he's done really well considering yeah. how PSG got off to the Champions League group stage losing to us and then they came back and then won well, 3-1 against us. So, I, I don't see the resemblance of why, why he's gone. But I know Pochettino has been or is the main front runner to get this job? So whether they're thinking just to get Pochettino in long term rather than Tuchel long term, that might be the case. But
2: maybe. I, I mean, we'll probably hear more about it within the coming days. Pochettino
1: yeah. did, did as much as uh, Tuchel did. Like he got to the Champions League final with Spurs and everything. So surely it's not can't be a better manager. But
0: if if, any, if anything, Tuchel got to the Champions League final quicker what was it, two seasons or something, he was there. Then Pochettino did, what was it, his sixth, seventh year as a manager yeah. at Spurs, which I don't really, I, don't, I just don't get it. It's obviously something to do with the board transfers or he's fell out with one of the big players like Mbappe or Neymar. Uh, God knows what it is. Um, now, Lino Messi, um, of course, he's been linked with different clubs because his contract's up this summer. Uh, And then just to sum up one of his quotes, he said, I've always had the dream of playing in another league in the United States. Now, do we think it's too early for him to go to the States?
2: He can't go to the States now, I'm sorry. In a a couple of years when he dips, maybe, but I think he's still too good to go to the States for a money move.
1: Yeah. And we've seen it. Like with Wayne Rooney, he went to the United States and then no one really heard of him after that and ibrahimovic went to the us and then he came back and still did amazing in in europe and he is still doing so i think it's much much too early for for messi to go um into the united states but i was reading this when i was like is it real i I, <laughs> I can't think like a player with as much quality as messi like he might be the best player ever hmm. to want to go to the us like he can go back to his hometown in Argentina all he wants and, and start tearing it up there. But I I can't see the reason other than the money to go to the United States. Why why would a player like Messi go want to go to the
2: States, though? They, they don't even it's want not, the game. It's, he's, at the, at the point where he's at, he's making too much money to really want anything more. And he he's manage- labelled as, if not the best, in, is in competition to be the best in the world why would you go to the States and ruin that
0: for God knows I mean
2: you'd stay in Europe
0: I, I think you always want to Like, if I was Messi I would want to always be better than Ronaldo and to yeah. do that Messi's He's always did. proved himself at Barcelona really apart from his Argentina Cup but he didn't really do a lot there and that'll be the thing if Messi goes to the States now that'll be the thing that always holds him back well, did you do it in any any other leagues? Did you do it in the Prem? Did you do it in French league? Did you do it in the Bundesliga? Da, 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 da. You did it
1: in the Champions League? And like everyone you faced against, you pretty much scored against. But that's not the Premier League week in week out playing games like maybe on Tuesday and then Saturday and then Tuesday and Saturday and it's there's a point where there's like you can play a Premier League team and and score two or three goals against them but then never play them again. And you think like, oh, you're you, you Premier League quality. But plenty of players have done that. Not many players have scored week in, week out in the Premier League and like done it consistently for two or three seasons. So we'll have to, the only way we could see if Messi can do that is if he did go to the Premier League. But again, the only team I could see him going to in, in England is probably Man City. And I'm not sure how that would go down with, with many
2: people. I mean, I mean, he, if he wants to prove himself as the best in the world, realistically he has to go to the Premier League, cause it, cause it is the most competitive league in the world, and you've got to be so consistent to be named as one of the best players in there. You can't yeah. be on and off, and like he's, he's got, an, he's money isn't a problem for him. Like why would he go for the states? Because there's no recognition there. And it's literally just a money move when he's probably the richest player in the world, isn't he? Well,
1: it, maybe, maybe Ronaldo, Ronaldo maybe. might be because he does like more advertising and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's still up there, though. Uh, I would say the weather, but then again, Spain's always boiling hot as well. So <laughs> I don't think it would be the weather. Um,
2: yeah.
0: if, if it did go over to the States, though, what clubs would he be eyeing up? Because you've got LA Galaxy, of course, into my David Beckham. Um. Yeah. L. A. F. C. with Carlos Vela. What What club would you choose if you were him? There's that many.
2: I don't think you would. Why Why <laughs> would you go to the states?
1: Like, none of them. Like, even if he did go to a team that was pretty much high up in the United States, I'm pretty sure no one would really care. And it just, I don't, I don't really get him wanting to go to the United States if it's true, but.
2: I mean, the only reason he goes to the states is to raise the pro, the profile as of the states. Yeah, they could
1: pay him, and then they could like make the MLS more like people wanting to come to it to play football. But it, there's no reason. There's no reason for him not to go, like. I I'd understand him going back to like Argentina or something to like play where he grew up, and that'd be like really sentimental everything. But I'm pretty sure to. To staple his, like, the fact that he's a like a footballing legend, he needs to go somewhere other than Barcelona in Europe.
0: Yeah, I think Joe, you made a really, really valid point. Then I think the thing is. So to raise the high profile of like the MLS and everything, we've already seen it with David Beckham. And look where it is now. It's it's all right, don't get me wrong, but it's nothing near how they want it to be, like a Premier League or a top European division. It's league. nowhere
2: near the Bundesliga or La Liga or Serie A.
0: No, it's, it's nowhere near that. So if they even do it, like you said, Alex, I, I don't think many people would still want to come over there and still play because of... I don't know what the stigma of they don't think of it as a main sport in their country and don't, don't invest a lot, even though they do invest a lot, but it's not really shown through performances and stuff.
2: I think if he wanted to go to the States or if he did go to the States, it would be in a few years' time after probably trying out another league in Europe because he is he is reaching the end of his career now. He's, what, 33?
0: 34, yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah.
2: So he can't have many years left competing at the level he is in Europe. If he is, then he, there's some he's a robot or something. <laughs> I mean
1: well, Zlatan it, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna stop sometime soon. Zlatan has to stop soon.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Otherwise he's just a monster.
0: <laughs> what what was that thing? I, I saw a quote from Ronaldo this week saying um he's not done, he's he's getting like new training and he's gonna be going until he's like forty or something ridiculous. Um But for me, if Messi wants to be the best player in the world, we said about the leagues and everything. But at the moment, Ronaldo's winning everything. Like, what did he get the other day? Player of the century or something?
2: Player of... Which I don't get. I I wanted to bring this up. I really do not get that award. (laughs) Why are they doing it in... uh, What was it? Why are they doing it in 2020? I don't get it. Player of the century in 2020. And you know what it means? The (laughs) The best player from 2001 to 2020. Really? It's, oh. So it's not even a century. It's 20 years. But
0: it's, it's just a early, weird award. Bit too early to call, I think. Maybe maybe they'll, maybe, they'll do it like the Champions League and do a knockout tournament to see if any other players get near him. Or a league. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say. That is the... Stu- I don't get that. Like you said, Joe, I don't get it.
2: <laughs> that is a daft award, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> um. Now, staying with Messi, and he broke uh, Pele's goal record with 643 but Santos have claimed that Pepe's goal tally stands at 1,091 goals, including those scored in friendly matches. Now, for me, friendly matches shouldn't count. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but the, I know the goals and everything, but they're not vital goals. What Alex can see your face at the moment. It's just, well, I don't know. He's I
1: mean, a team can set up as many friendly matches as they want. And I mean, Santos could have could set, set up like, Every day that they didn't have a match, they could say a friendly match. And Then every time Pelé scored in it, they'd, they'd count it as a, a goal. And I'm like, in modern football, I'm pretty sure that does not happen, and it'd be—it's like much harder for a, a player to score as many goals as that nowadays. And I,
2: I don't. know. Really well, it's like it. it's like Everton going to Africa like they did a few seasons back. And, and then the
1: goal we scored there was counted as a goal.
2: Yeah, it's just not the same. Friendlies, qu- you, friendlies aren't the same quality as a league goal or a competition goal. Like, you can
1: play it against anyone it, as well. Like, I get that you can draw someone easy in the cup once in a while, but you can create a friendly against anyone you want. Like a group of boys you could do a friendly against and just still be a <laughs> friendly. And you could score 10 goals and then that added 10 to the, to the 1,000, whatever it is. But yeah.
2: Do you reckon that's why he stayed at Barcelona for so long? Because he wants that um, record for most goals at a one club?
1: Um, I, I, is It might be that, but it might also be that he himself doesn't think he can play as well as he does in, in the, the Spanish league, in a different league, but I guess we'll never know, unless he does move.
2: Yeah. I think if he moves, it'll be to City, but I don't know where he'll fit in. Yeah. And
1: I'm pretty sure they can. They're the only ones that are going to afford his wages, other than PSG. I know Neymar sort of. Um,
2: United could probably afford to pay his wages, but I, I don't. He wouldn't fit in yeah. at all. And just the trouble yeah. they're having with Pogba at the moment. I don't think they want another big, expensive player. Plus, they're looking at Sancho. Yeah. And I
1: if don't... you go I... into a club to improve, like define your career, it's not a French league.
2: Yeah.
1: You,
0: yeah. French. you might as well go to the states. <laughs> a bit more competitive over there. Uh, I think... I, I don't see why he would come to United, really, or why would United would want him. I know he's class and everything, no, don't d- get me d- wrong. Just but, saying
2: you can afford him, I, d- I don't think he'd fit in at all.
0: Yeah, it, uh, for me, it's just a wage bill. Like, we've already paying numerous amounts. So Cavani's on one million or something for just this year, which is ridiculous. Um, so even that in itself is ridiculous. So we don't want to talk about that. we need to
2: talk about Cavani. Oh, we will we do get on to, to him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, now... Right. Tony Pul- Tony Pulis has been sacked by Sheffield Wednesday after ten games, which was forty-five days in charge of the club. Very shocking. I mean, he plays a very very negative style of football. This is we might as well just name this the negative style of football play episode because we, it's just Wolves, Spurs, and Tony Pulis basically. I went to watch him Stoke versus while well, he was in ta- in charge of Middlesbrough at the time, and. It's shocking. It really is shocking. I like we've we've said it numerous amount of time this episode. How can you sit back? It's depressing. I just I just don't get it. And it's ultimately cost him his job inside forty five days. So that's what you get for it. Could you now, be,
2: could you imagine being handed a lucrative contract and throwing it away in forty five days?
0: He's not even got a transfer window to work with. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, now, Alex, I want to get your thoughts on this because the Everton versus Man City game was called off, but City called it off themselves uh, yeah. because they had to go to the Premier League and you had no factor or you didn't really hear anything about it Everton-wise. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I mean, it's weird. It's like the Tottenham-Fulham uh, situation. Like it was uh, like three hours before kickoff and Jose Mourinho said he still didn't know if the match was on and it was a bit like that. Um I mean, we'd already done the ballots and everything. We knew who was coming to the match because obviously we're, we were still in tier two at that point and we could have had 2,000 fans at the stadium. And everything was ready for the match day. Everything was uh, going to happen. And then we just got informed from the from the Premier League that the match just wasn't on. And uh, Man City had like talked to the Premier League and said, oh, this has happened at our club and everything with the COVID, which was which sort of understandable. But they just made the decision without informing us about anything, and then we just need to cancel everything like at that point. And it's just it'd be better if we were in the conversation. Like we probably would have allowed them to like postpone the game until a later point. But the fact that we didn't have like any say in it makes it like not so, like, sort like of so not all right. And there's no real reason why they postponed it yet because. City are playing tomorrow. They, they haven't postponed that game and they have five players out. At this point, they had two players out and I know it is a, like a COVID hazard and everything and that could all happen. But the fact that Everton didn't have a single word in anything that was happening is... It, it, by the Premier League, I don't, I don't think it's, it's very
2: good from them
1: or City. So
2: um, They were intimidated by you, Alex. That's what it was. Yeah. They scared by Everton and they
1: ran off. I think I said
0: this on the live stream. The City players, uh, it was the next day after the game's been called off. I think they all got tested and everything. And I think the ones that didn't, the ones that tested negative just went out to train. The ones positive obviously had to go home and whatnot. Uh, But I've seen Everton want full disclosure of what's been going on, which I would, to be fair. Uh, but it's the fact that it's taken this long, and we've not even got a whole decision or where those decisions come from. Like you said, Alex, by the Premier League standards, it's just shocking, really, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, full disclosure. If it was, if we asked for full disclosure and they just told us, well, we cancelled it because City had too many positive tests, and that's why we cancelled it. That'd be fine. But the fact that it took like just under a week for them to to tell us what actually. was was the thoughts behind postponing the match. It's just like, I don't think it should happen. And they've made the rules clear. If you've got 14 players available uh, that are COVID free, then you should be allowed to play. And the fact that City have just got away with not playing just because they had a few players out with COVID is, I don't think it's very right. And I'm pretty sure if we had a few COVID cases, we'd still have to play. And I think there was like a few... Premier League clubs have had to play as well with COVID cases, so I, I don't really get the, the meaning of them calling off a match. But yeah,
2: well. we have seen City just making their own rules again and again. Probably just paid them. Yeah, we'll just pay them off. We'll just pay them off. Uh,
0: stay with COVID 19, big C word. Um, Hasenhutl is having to self-isolate at home in his household Um, so I think didn't he miss the West Ham game the two-all draw he missed that game Uh, now some news here 18 new positive COVID-19 cases uh, were found in the latest round of Premier League testing it's not good that is it like considering I know everything's rising at the moment and going into different tiers for obvious reasons but I don't want that to be another thing that the government can say, oh, football should be taken off. I just feel like it could add up.
2: Yeah. Surely, if you... So teachers are having to protect... They're they're having to shield all the time because they're... like They have to work and they can't really work remote, especially not in primary schools. Um. I think footballers, their their jobs is to go out and play football. So they should be shielding as best as possible. Yeah. And for like, 18, just in the Premier League, I don't think that's great.
0: Like any other person, really. Like NHS staff, teachers and all that. I, I get all that. But footballers are basically us. Well, they're just good at football, let's be honest.
2: Yeah, they get excused with anything, though.
0: Yeah. It, Cause I mean,
2: they'll go out and party and they'll get, they won't get. They will get like anything for it, it's like a tap on the it's like a slap on the wrist,
0: yeah. I'll,
2: yeah, well, I was just gonna mention, I don't know if you've heard about the
1: Carl the Walker thing, yeah. Like, he, he had a party and about 18 Premier League players were there, and he's just gonna get away with the fine. But if it was like any other person like doing a party, they'd probably get arrested and someone else done to themselves, so.
2: yeah. I but think I it's a 10 grand fine now, which is nothing to a footballer.
1: But the fact is, though,
0: Walker's had past issues with well everything that went on in the last lockdown, I'm pretty sure. So if he's not learned his lesson, why shouldn't he be tra- treated like any other
2: citizen? Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, the Premier League has to do more. You can't just be the government-issued fines. The Premier League has a responsibility to keep all of their pre- players safe. And yeah. if there is a player who is caught doing something that is endangering other players... Because they can endanger themselves, and that's their issue. But they're they're endangering other players by going out and partying and potentially bringing new cases to their clubs. Yeah, something has to be done about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know
0: if anybody remembered this, but Eric Cantona flying kicked a fan at Crystal Palace in like the nineteen ninety four or something. He got a one year ban from like football totally.
2: That's not enough. He should have been arrested.
0: Yeah, I know, but the thing is with Walker is, I know I know it's, it's a bit far-fetched, but it's, he's endangering people, like, endangering yeah. people. So like, I know it's not as far as that, but still something, maybe a, a six-month ban or something. It,
1: it could be as far as that. Like, it, I'm pretty sure there was 18 Premier League players who went to that thing, including Jadon Sancho, and 11 of them got COVID, and that's, if more, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if 18 got COVID, then that's halting the Premier League as a whole. And they'll have to call off some matches. It'll uh, eventually, like, football clubs like us, who couldn't let fans in, we we probably would have lost, I don't know, like, quite a lot of money just because Carl Walker wanted to have a party and some people got COVID, so... Well, the
2: yeah. thing is, they'll go to a party with a load of players. All of them players then potentially get infected... And then they go and train with a team, yeah. which is then introducing it to more. So it does have a knock-on effect. It's a virus. It has an exponential growth, so it will get passed on to everyone they train with potentially. So they could sh- they could have shut down the whole of the Premier League with that one party.
0: This is what gets me though. So the players test some of the players test positive, like they did for City. But then they've been in contact with other players, so shouldn't they be isolating for two weeks or whatever it is anyway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they can go and play at the weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. If <laughs> it was
0: makes sense.
2: I had a five-minute conversation with someone on the bus that tested positive. We were both wearing masks, but they're training together, uh, breathing hard, probably in the gym indoors, breathing hard, no masks, and they don't have to self-isolate, and that's for an extended period of time.
0: I, I, I just think that's a bit of a joke, to be honest, because then they'll go and pass it on to the opposition players, and that does just does not make sense. So pff, something needs to be done with the. It's just League. another
2: set of rules, isn't it? It's another set of rules for basically everyone in the top one percent. Yeah. Which is footballers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, Fulham versus. The Fulham Tottenham game got uh, also called off because multiple Fulham cases for COVID nineteen. Um, but then Spurs playing against Leeds at the weekend, which we will be live streaming, by the way. But yeah, still doesn't make sense. Um, now there were talks of a no Premier, uh, there were talks of a Premier League circuit uh, season break, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Sam Allardyce was in favour of this, but they've decided not to go on with the negotiations because of the spike in the whole virus and everything. Uh, They were saying about a two-week break or something because it's quite a busy period for football uh, around this time. So, do you reckon that's the right thing to do? Do you reckon they should have taken the two weeks off or do you reckon it was the right
2: decision not to? Um, Schools have. Yeah. And they have exams. So, I get that they want to finish this. I get that they have had a hold-up with um, a lot of... Uh, competitions. I think it should have at least been talked about because it, it said no Premier League talks. So it hasn't been talked about even. They should yeah. have considered it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but the Premier League, like at the start of the season, they were saying they their one goal for this season is to like make everything as normal as possible. And I mean, they they probably saw like the circuit breakers something that will alter every single game this season, like. Premier League clubs have have set a date for something and it's just going back two weeks, which they probably don't want. But, like, I think at at the end of the day, like, it's it's public safety that matters the most. And if a circuit break is going to cut the number of cases for two weeks and then we can start fresh, like, when we come back, then it's probably the best idea. But, yeah, obviously, they don't want to halt the season and make it as normal as possible. So,
0: well, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand it because sure, the the Premier League, as we saw last season, with everything that went on, they showed that they can delay stuff and still finish like the season, not on time, of course, but they still can finish a season. So if the spike is coming up and every all the virus and every all, everything's going up, then why why not take this two week break and then we can just play another round of two week fixtures or two week game weeks, then. I, I I just don't see the thinking in that, but
2: well when when they shut down last time, it wasn't just for two weeks, was it? No. How, how long was the actual total? I think it was more like eight, wasn't it? I thought it was eight like
0: four yeah, something like that. I thought it was like four months, three months or something. It was a long yeah, time. So it might
2: even be yeah. more. So I don't I don't see what them I think if they've proven that they can do it. I don't see the massive issue, but I don't know if there's that many more cases that have come out. Maybe it is something that will happen further down the line.
0: Yeah. What gets me is though, the all like Klopp and everybody was complaining about um, not having their pre-season or anything to prepare. But then, even if it's just two game weeks that uh, we end up adding on to the end of the season, then you'll still have a big pre-season because at the moment pre is big anyway. So, don't, I, I, I don't see the thinking in that, if that was the case.
2: Yeah, pre- pre-season is pretty huge. Yeah, We've got a massive window to do pre-season friendlies.
0: Plus, the Euros are on, aren't they? Or they're supposed to be on. So, you have to take that into consideration. I don't know. Um, now, Sheffield United spoke about these before. Chris Wilder, it's not going well for him. And um, he's matched or equaled... The longest record of winless games to start of a Premier League season. Still not looking good. I mean, we said, I said give him three to five games. I think you said give him two or three games, Joe.
2: He's still not been sacked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Slaven <laughs> Bilic has been sacked by West Brom. I, I,
2: I literally, I was, because I saw you on that walk, didn't I? Yeah. Five minutes before, we literally walked past you. Five minutes before, I was on my phone doing... How was he not being sacked yet? <laughs> yeah. How was he not being sacked yet? I was, I was like going mad. I don't see why they haven't done anything.
0: It is stupid, Alex. We always talk about giving managers time. Surely he's had enough time now. He's had enough
1: time. Um, he, he he's a club legend. I, 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 like there's he's bought them from League One to to the Premier League, and now they finished eighth in the Premier League or something like that. I don't know why they finished, but um. It was a madness how how far he brought the football club. But when you get into the Premier League and you finish that high, surely you want to make yourself a Premier League staple. And just keeping Chris Wilder in, like they've seen, they've got two points from 15 games or six. I don't know how many they played. But it's, at this point, you should recognise that bringing in a new manager, you've spent the money, you've got the squad that can keep you in the Premier League. Just bring in a new manager and he can... He, Or she can probably keep you in the Premier League and make you a Premier League staple. Um, But I think Chris Wilder, although he's a great manager and everything, he's regarded too highly in the football club at this point, and they're not seeing that he is the problem. And he probably, yeah, he he definitely needs to leave at this point. Um, But early time. I think he
2: should maybe even resign at this point.
1: Yeah, Yeah. the club's not
2: going to sack him. He should feel kind of obligated to resign if he's taken that far. Surely he has the respect for his club. He says, "Sorry, I don't know what I can do anymore." Yeah,
1: we, we saw it with Eddie Howe. He got relegated, and then he just stepped down because he, he, he loved the football club, and he understood that he wasn't the the person to take the football club forward. So,
0: yeah, maybe that it needs to be done with Wilder as well, but. I... I, I just don't see how it's not happened yet. He must have a really, really good relationship with the owners because he's been there for so long, of course. But for me, there's no excuse because he's got the plays that he wants in over these past four years or so. It looks like he's got the majority of the plays that he wanted to get in the summer anyway. So I, I don't see what excuse he could have come up with, to be honest. Well, he had a squad the players, that could come I?
2: top, eight, top mm. eight last season on the first season that they came up what's changed
0: you could say fans but still they still need to play without fans that's the whole point of football you play in any sort.
2: you've got to play well yeah you've got to play well no matter what happens
0: yeah and it's ultimately not going well so you know we'll see in the next coming days if anything comes about it Um, now Burnley good news for them uh, an American takeover has been finalised for them and I think this has been a long time in the waiting I know there was some talks a couple of months ago but if I was a Burnley fan, I would be thinking there's not been a huge amount of investment. Sean Dyche has done brilliantly well with what he's had to deal with, with not getting as many players as he wants to or certain players that he wants to get into with every transfer window. And I think for him, this would give him a platform to go and get players that he really, really wants and make Burnley into a better club, surely.
1: Yeah, we, we haven't seen it from Burnley when they've been in the Premier League. Like They don't spend money like, at all. They... they they make the odd transfer like they bring in the odd five million pound player and like did Danny Drinkworth on loan and all that but uh, the American takeover it'll be funny to to see if their style of play does change because when the money comes in you find that the football gets better and then you can play a more expansive style of play than Burnley already do which is not a not very uh, entertaining style of play but yeah hopefully they can they can get the money they can start spending the money as soon as possible and hopefully develop burnley as a football club starting starting from from the pitch so yeah well,
0: joe would you say that burnley could go on to do better and bigger things if they get a bigger transfer budget
2: oh definitely i um the moment we brought in a striker it's just like massively broadened our horizons, and I think the same could be said for Burnley. The moment they bring in what they need, which is more quality, more well rounded players, I think they could just rise up exponentially if they manage to stay up so long. Yeah, I, I think they've got a lot of potential and just not got the resources to fulfill it.
0: Yeah, um, now let's go on to Edison Cavani, and I know you've been dying to talk about him, Joe. Um, now. Cavani has been, well, This was he was fined by the Premier League, I'm pretty sure, and I think he got a fine off United as well um, for £100,000 uh, for an Instagram post that uh, I'm pretty sure made a racist remark or something, but the thing is, he didn't mean it and he thought it was banter, but then we don't think it's banter, and there's ways well, that it can be deceptive, can't it, Conjo?
2: Apparently, so that word that he used, I'm not going to repeat it, but it is a word for a black man in his language, but in his language, that word is in that his language and his culture, The language is used as a friendly term for yes, a black man, but it is a friendly term. It's nothing seen as offensive in his culture, apparently. Yeah. This is just what I've heard. And he's been punished for that. But I think it was Bernardo Silva put out a post yeah, yeah, not yeah. so long ago. And he didn't get punished for
0: Mendy.
2: that. Yeah. I yeah, about the monkey.
0: Yeah, I think he might have got a little fine, but it's nothing like Cavani's got.
2: No, I don't... I think it's disgusting. He should be educated more on what's politically correct in, a, in the English culture, because yeah. he has come to our country, and he is working in our country, so he should be educated in what's more appropriate in a more Western society. Yeah. But... In his, I don't think he should be punished for a word that in his language is friendly. Yeah,
0: well, for me, like you said, Joe, this is where he gets taught stuff and this is what happens. Like with Bielsa, I've said it a couple of weeks ago, when the thing happened with PSG and Istanbul Shakhtar. Bielsa, when he came over here, they, they all apparently spy in Argentina on different teams and stuff. When he did it, everybody was like, holy, holy, holy moly. He's, he's just done that and like nobody's really done it before. But thing is with Bielsa, he didn't get told that and then he realised that it's not good around here and then he had to come out and do a presentation and everything. When Cavani comes over here, any foreign player, I don't care what country they're from, they could either be from Wales, I'm not really bothered, um, but (laughs) they should be educated, like what's right and what's wrong, like you said, Joe, because if they don't, then these fines happen and then it looks bad on the player and the club and everything like that. And then he, he didn't intentionally mean it like you said, Joe, but people take it different ways. And that's the way that it's gone.
2: I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I don't think he's a nice person, but I think if it is genuinely a mistake that he thought we was being friendly, because it, it if you see the post, he was thanking someone for a shout out. Yeah, it wasn't anything that was meant to be racist. So mm. I reckon give him the benefit of the doubt, but do educate him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's nothing to him, the money-wise, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's it's quite a hefty fee compared to what Kyle Walker would probably get.
2: 100000 is is quite a bit of money, but I don't think he's going to be too fussed about it. That's what a month's wage is for him.
0: Yeah, something like that. If I mean, that. They'll, they'll go and give him that uh, fine, and then Kyle Walker will get like a £1 fine or something. even though he's... Yeah, he'll get like a £20 yeah. grand
2: fine, won't he?
0: <laughs> yeah. Something ridiculous. He's endangered
2: danger people's lives.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's got that final, so on the top of a three-game ban, so we're missing for that. Um, now, some sad news with the United uh, camp with Tommy Doherty dying uh, at the age of 92, I believe it was, for a long illness. Um now I was pretty shocked when this came out and I could I couldn't like think to be honest because he was obviously part of the Matt Busby generation. Then Matt Busby went and he took over United. Um so yeah, he will be greatly missed. Um and yeah, hopefully we can win the season, the Premier League, and doing good, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to say. Um now I've got some questions that all three of us are gonna answer, and we'll start off with you, Alex. Um so what's your side's twenty twenty one New Year's resolution? Everton uh,
1: um, um, we will what will we do we will we will stop playing Pickford in goal yeah. which is a good starting point and uh, we will uh, try and get Europe there you go what about you Joe uh,
2: bring in another striker option which we are looking at currently. Yep. Wesley should be coming back from injury, so that will also help. Test out more formations, because currently we're using the 4-2-3-1 way too much. Um, and I think we would work slightly better in a 4-4-2. Um, and expand our defensive options, because target for me isn't very good, and we do need someone... Um, we do need more strength at the back line.
0: Yep, I think for mine I'll get Sancho in, um, keep Holly, Uh and yeah, just the board invests a bit more. Let's just say that. All right, who's the most improved player of twenty twenty? Would you say you start off with you, uh, Alex?
1: DCL.
0: Oh, that is a shot to be fair. Uh,
1: before before Carlo came in, he he was a
2: donkey.
0: So, <laughs> what about you, Joe? Who would you say is your 2020 play? Not just at your club, by the way. It can be across the whole world.
2: I would say DCL, to be honest. I don't think anyone saw... He was good, but don't get me wrong, but I don't think anyone saw exactly what he was capable of.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm I, going to go for somebody different because I think I'll, I'll just go for somebody a bit different. Pedro Neto at Wolves. I think he, he hit the ground. Well, he didn't really hit the ground running, let's be honest. It took him a long time to get into that Wolves team. And at the moment, he's banging in the goals and him and Pedence have been a massive replacement for Jimenez at the moment. So I'll I'll just go for them. But yeah, calvert Loom would be my second place, if not my first, if it was the other way around. Um, now, the last question. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Can you give me a minute?
0: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hello. That's better. That's not a minute. That was twelve seconds.
2: <laughs> right, whatever.
0: Uh, right. So, who's been your sign of twenty twenty? Alex, we'll go with you again.
1: uh I, I mean, it is. It's probably Bruno, but I think everyone's going to say him, so I'm going to say someone else. Um. Yeah, I'll go. hamas Rodriguez. Oh. There right. you go. Know, what guy? <laughs> Came on a free, you know. Came on a free.
0: On a free. That is a pretty good deal. Negotiable. Negotiation
2: for Villa, I would say Watkins in general has to be. Has to be. I mean, it is Bruno, it has to
0: be, it's Bruno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say but, it's hard not to. I was I just
2: know. I was scanning for who uh, who else it could be, but if you look at Bruno now, it has to be him. I think, I think, uh, not to be
1: biased, but um, Diogo Jota. I was about to say
0: him. Yeah, I think Giotto would be a very close second, but he's been injured at the moment. There
1: you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, for me, of course, it's going to be Peru now. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's been the round-up. Everything that you need to know is there. Hope you all have a good weekend. We are actually going to do some quick score predictions that I've just got off the top of my head right now. We'll start off with your game, Alex, West Ham. Is it West Ham? West Ham versus yeah. Everton at half five today. What are your thoughts going into it, and what's your score prediction?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm... I'm I'm not confident. I'm never confident with Everton, but uh, I'm I'm okay. So uh, I don't know what the team's going to be like. Uh, we've got a few players returning from injury, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil because I think we've been very good defensively.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go two one. I know West Ham are pretty good at the moment, so I'll go two one. What about you, Joe?
2: Two uh, so one Everton. I think West Ham will score, and then you'll kick up into gear and just dominate for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. Now, arguably the biggest game of the weekend, Manchester United versus Aston Villa, eight o'clock today as well. Um, what are your thoughts going into this one, Joe? Of course, away at the big OT.
2: I'm not sure. I'd like to say that if we push up, we might manage to sneak a goal in yeah. and we could push up and pressure you and actually perform as well as we did. Um, well, as well as we can. And yep. hopefully come out with a win, but I do think you'll take this game.
0: What, what, by how many goals?
2: <laughs> Two on. Two I think
0: on. that's probably a fair result. Um, I think if you sit back, like uh, if I were you, I would just sit back because it's the well, hardest. We don't
2: sit back, though. Exactly. Yeah. If you look at our <laughs> lineup or you look at our squad, what players would you sit back with? Yeah. There isn't a player that you can really sit back with.
0: I think, um, if you do do what you did against Arsenal, against us, and come and attack us with virtually five attackers, I think you'll do a lot of damage. But then, like Leeds, you'll leave a lot of space in behind, which we can counter-attack with Rashford, Martial, Dan and James, we'll just end up
2: We'll just end up doing a Liverpool and losing 7-2. Yeah. That was the only reason we beat them by that much, because they refused to sit back at all.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I'm going to go 2-0, Winty United. I think you'll come out all guns blazing, and we'll just pass, pass, pass our way out. <laughs> um, now, I think there's only one really big game. Oh, do you want to do a Spurs? But we Leeds didn't
2: one? ask Alex. Oh yeah,
1: Sorry,
2: Alex.
0: we didn't ask. Um, Sorry, go for it.
2: I'll
1: go. to all.
0: To all. I He's think it
1: can be
0: an exciting match. Uh, right. So we're doing a live stream tomorrow. I think still we'll have to see if Spurs have any more uh, positive tests. Um, but Spurs versus Leeds tomorrow, Saturday. What are our thoughts on this one? Two weird or opposite teams. How they play anyway?
1: Um, I I think it's going to be a Tottenham win. I think um, because Leeds like to counter attack and, and Tottenham just sit back, so they're not going to be able to counter attack against Tottenham. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll be able to score. And um, yeah, I just think Tottenham will get the the one goal again and be able to to run the game out. So I think it'll be one nil.
2: Joe. I don't think Leeds will manage to crack Tottenham. If they no. sit back as much as they can, I don't think Leeds will manage to do any damage at all. I think Tottenham will come away with a 1 0 win.
0: Yeah, I think if, like, if you said, if they sit back, Leeds always like to press, don't they? But I think this Tottenham side is very, very capable of just passing through the press and then they can boot it up to Son and Kane and then one of them will probably score like usual. But it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I'm going to go for a, I'll go for a, 3-1 mm, Spurs. I think they'll be quite clinical. Um now the last game that we're going to talk about is Chelsea versus Man City which is on Sunday the 3rd of January 2021. So what are our score predictions for this one Alex? We'll go with you again.
1: Wait who? I was listening. Chelsea, Chelsea versus City. Man City. Oh, I'm going to go 3-0 to Manchester City because uh, Chelsea are bad.
2: <laughs> Joe. Uh I reckon 2-1 City. Chelsea will perform quite well in the first half and then die-off completely.
0: Yeah, I think... Well, i probably go with how you're going. I think Chelsea will be very good first 20 minutes or first half, but then I think City will just have the stamina and just be better uh, than Chelsea in the second half, which ultimately, I think, will win the game. Uh, I'll, I'll go for a cheeky 2 all No, 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 no. I said a win. 2-1 City. I'll just I was gonna say uh, so yeah those are our score predictions for the upcoming match week 17 now i feel like if you have enjoyed this episode because sure will be listening on spotify i'm pretty sure make sure to give us a follow go on and subscribe to us on youtube for the highlights and then yeah hope you enjoyed this podcast and yeah we'll see you in the next one that's a bye from me
2: and me and me thanks for watching slash listening